You're listening to the best of the day. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. I haven't been able to nail it down in the last 36 hours or 48 hours, but there seemed to be some conversation, I think, between Columbus potentially in Vancouver. I think that's a really intriguing landing spot for someone like Bo Horvat. Kevin Woodley wouldn't shut up about this guy, about just like the length that he has and how he moves and all this stuff. And uh, most of it went over my head because when Woodley opens his mouth, I try and close my ears. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. I was hoping you get Daniel Craig in there. Uh, you are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintec Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. This is the part where we say good morning to everybody. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Good morning, a dog. Good morning. And good morning to you, laddie. Hello. Uh, Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Jason's got big energy this morning. You're wearing a bright hat. That's a cool old Canucks hat you're wearing. Yeah, I decided to wear some Canucks gear this morning. It's very cool. It's the old skate logo for those of you that can't see. For those of you that can, that means you're watching on Sportsnet now, streaming live on the app. Yes, Greg? It looks like the one he was wearing uh, back from the mechanic store yesterday. That's right. He had the old retro hat on. That's right, yeah. I did wear it to the mechanic store. We had a hard day of work. Mechanicking. (laughs) Mechanicking. Mechanicking. Uh, Tell the people about Kintec, my good friend. They have the 1500. Actually, sorry. Over 1,500 five-star Google. Yeah, I wonder what the count is at now. Uh, We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Big show ahead for Halbro on a Friday as we set you into the weekend. 6.30, Kevin Woodley, NHL.com, and In Goal Magazine is going to join us. Don't do what Faber does. Stick around. Keep your ears open and listen to Woodley. We'll go through everything you need to know ahead of the Canucks and Kings tonight, 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena. We're going to be giving away, a dog. is this correct? Not one, but two, count them, two pairs of tickets? That is correct. So Kevin Woodley at 630. Uh, we'll talk about the Canucks. We'll talk about Thatcher Demko. We'll talk about Spencer Martin. Who's going to get to start tonight, honestly? Who throws the shoe? Who gets to start tonight? Oh, man, honestly, I think Demko, but it <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. It's crazy right now. That used to be my default response is, ah, they'll probably go with Demko. But I don't know anymore. They yeah. only have five wins, and he only has one of them. It's a pretty so. good time to have Kevin Woodley on them. Yep, Kevin Woodley, 637 o'clock. Brady Henderson, no Seahawks game this weekend. They, of course, are on a bye because they went to Germania last weekend. But we will talk to Brady, uh, kind of like a midseason We'll take, we'll take stock of where the Seahawks are at and what they're doing and how they've done it. I do want to ask that question. How big an opportunity was it blown in Munich against a very average Bucks team, at least in my opinion? So we'll talk to Brady about that at 7 o'clock. You're turning into me with your... your, your I'm not gre- turning into Your you. greediness and like your unwillingness to look at the positives... Mm, that's you, where you're going you, with this. You've, okay, de- yeah. you've decided to, uh, like, it's their bye week, so it's a good time to reflect <laughs> on the first part of the season. Make a vision board for the second half. Who the hell expected the Seahawks to be 6-4 and four 
And you're going to uh, be like, who expected the Seahawks to beat the Buccaneers in Munich? This guy. Uh, not the books. Yeah, the book was dumb. The but ultimately, the, the odds makers had Tampa as as the favorite. So you're going to focus on the negatives when the Seahawks season has been ninety percent positive. I'm okay, gonna f- that's fine. I'm going to focus. You're on, officially a sports media member. That's I, cool. I'm well. I thought I was before this, no. but I suppose I'm in now. Seven o'clock. Brady Henderson, ESPN's NFL Nation, to talk a little Seahawks. Seven thirty. Uh, Alex Foss, play-by-play man of the Los Angeles Kings, he's going to join us to talk about tonight's opponent, the Los Angeles Kings, who are off to a pretty good start to this season. They're second in the Pacific Division, only behind the red-hot Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk to Alex about uh, everything that this team has done up till this point. Uh, they've got a goaltending question tonight as well. Cal Peterson played the previous game. In Edmonton, so we'll ask Alex about all that at 7 30. 8 o'clock. It's the Moj. A Moj fact. He's going to be coming on at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we can look ahead to the Grey Cup this weekend. I guess the big question is if Zach Caleros is going to play or not. Uh, hasn't practiced yet up into the lead up to Sunday's game. We can also go around the NFL with Moj as well. Well, I think we should talk more with, with Moj about Nathan Right, Rourke of course. Nathan Rourke, yeah. Uh, about his um, NFL chances and I guess. My biggest question right now is, what's the Lions' backup plan? Right. Where do they go to plan B if Rourke's not back next year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll talk to Moj at 8 about that. Alex Faust at 7.30. Brady Henderson at 7. Kevin Woodley at 6.30. Uh, the Canucks-Kings game tonight, it is the only NHL game on the ledger. Almost everybody played last night. So everyone else gets a night off except for the Canucks and the Kings. There's, Kings. Uh, there's 11 NBA games. It's Ask Us Anything Friday. Don't forget about that. So we're going to give away tickets to Andy. You're giggling. What's so funny? Tell me. Tell me. Tell he me. He was actually like giggling giddily. <laughs> you did um, his mic on. <laughs> Ruff just did a funny sound and then you repeated him. And <laughs> it was like there was like a rhythm to it. So I've repeated it over and over and now it sounds like a song. But I, I can't share it with you. Okay. Maybe later. Uh, we Keep do have busy a- back there, are you boys? <laughs> yeah. Working hard. Working hard over here. <laughs> do you want to have a guest book or something? No, 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 no. That, that's later. <laughs> Working hard at the old mechanical shop. There's Andy. Okay. Um, we're going to give away one set of tickets to the, <laughs> the best Photoshop. And we've already got a really strong entry on Twitter from Alistair, which is... It's something. Have you seen it yet? It's you featured prominently. I, I don't think Twitter works anymore. I'll be right. honest yeah, you. that's the other thing too. Twitter might not be done. I mean, it might be done by the time that we're done today. So we're gonna grasp onto it with every last vestige that we have. Um, one set of tickets is gonna go to the best Photoshop Halbro related. The second one will go to the best Ask Us Anything Dunbar Lumber Text Line six fifty six fifty. It is the Smalt alternative. I don't think we have the capabilities to get pictures here at six fifty six fifty in the in basket. We just don't do any of them. The JPEGs, any of it. We don't do it. So you're going to have to send those to us on Twitter. He's at Sad Club Commish. I'm at Mike Halford 604. I don't know your guys' handles because I refuse to follow you. And then uh, sports. At Andy Cole 1984. <laughs> All right. And Greg, what's yours? At Goalie it's or something? It's my name, at oh, Greg Ballard. Okay. And then, of course, at Sportsnet 650. We're also going to do our Play Now Locks of the Week today as well. So it is a big Friday show. Uh, we're going to kick things off, though by telling you what happened yesterday. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? What happened? 
Uh, let's, let's start with the Vancouver Canucks. They returned to practice yesterday at Rogers Arena, went through the motions ahead of tonight. I shouldn't say it like that, but they did go through the motions ahead of tonight's game against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the lines at practice, they kind of are what you would have expected. Garland and Miller between Horvat. Pedersen is centering Kuzmenko and Mikhaev. Podkolzin uh, is back. His face looks does look worse for wear. And his, his wife said that... Uh, Upon looking at his face after getting beaten up by A.J. Greer, you know, what, what did she think of your eye and your face? And she replied, you're an idiot. So that was nice. Yeah, she should have gone like, is A.J. single? <laughs> <laughs> Who is A.J.? I would like to meet. Uh, finally, fourth line is Joshua Amon and then Lockwood and Hoaglander taking spins on the wing there. Uh, blue line, OEL and Ethan Bear, Quinn Hughes and Luke Shen. Riley Stillman and Tyler Myers, and that means Rathbone and Burroughs are once again on the outside looking in. Yes. How is Burroughs on, on the outside looking in again? He I, he's just, on the fourth pair with okay. Rathbone. Uh, the Chris, Bone Burroughs. Bone Burroughs. How appropriate. Chris Faber had the best uh, Twitter timeline yesterday from the Canucks practice, and I want to go through it. Okay. Uh, so, Chris, his first tweet goes, The coach pulls all the players together and gives them some strong words. Bruce Boudreaux had to explain what "quote unquote" battling is to the group, and how they can't take three times to get the puck out, and need to work on that harder in practice. Yeah, that was the cool. Moment. All right, guys. First of all, let's discuss what is really battling. It was like, worrying because they started writing it down on notepads. Yeah, they're like, "How do you spell that?" <laughs> Webster's <laughs> dictionary. Yeah, Webster's and, dictionary defines battle as. And so the second part was. Uh, Pudro going, you can't take three times to get the puck out. I can see someone like, what about two times? Can yeah. you take two times to get the puck out? Is that, uh, is this coaching? Like, honestly, is this, is this, I'm not, I'm not honestly, uh, trying to pick on Bruce Boudreaux here, but this is the NHL and mm-hmm. the message is like, you got to battle harder and you got to get the puck out. No, no, no. You got to get the puck out uh, either on the first or second attempt. You can't take three. Did Bruce provide any um, uh, direction on how to get the puck out? Maybe some better ways to get the puck out as opposed to being like, guys, <laughs> you got you to get the puck out. What, what were, honestly, what were the Canucks like? Oh, oh, out. Mm-hmm. Out. We don't want to keep the puck in. I and get it. And we do battle? Yeah. Is that we where we don't battle? Like I can't. I can't. At any rate, uh, Faber went on to say that there was a lot of darn in there. Uh, so I don't know if that meant he was saying darn a lot or if he was swearing. Right. Um, and then this one was really interesting. This third tweet by Chris Faber, mm-hmm. doing some great work as a beat writer at Canucks practice. He noticed that the banners. At either end of Rogers Arena, and Halford hasn't seen these in years because he doesn't go to games. They have banners? They have banners, and they used to have players on the banners, like big pictures of like Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and Thatcher Demko, and, and I think on the other side there was probably like Horvat, or I don't know who was on the banners. But those have just been replaced by Canucks logos. Dun, dun, so dun. one is a big Canucks logo, and the other – is a Canucks logo with some Rogers branding on it. So if you want to take the whole, this is nothing approach, you guys are making something out of nothing. It could be that the Canucks just signed a a long-term deal with Rogers, our bosses, 
and they wanted to put at least one banner there that had big Rogers branding, to which I will ask, what about the other logo? They could have done a second Rogers banner, really. That would have been the smart thing. So is this management just like messing with the players? Is this like a psychological warfare? I I actually wondered the other day about about this because um, I think I was driving by the arena and they had some player posters outside, not like massive ones, and uh, or they were big ones. And I had wondered about this before. Like, how do you trade the captain midseason? So it went beyond the posters. It went into, you know, those big videos that they do before the season? Like, they're a big production. Yep. And they run the pregame, and I, I can't remember what the Canucks one is this year. It's been like zombies before or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and uh, superheroes or, or whatever. But Dragons. Like, Dragons just, are hot right now. Do you just edit out Do you edit out the players that have been traded? Yeah. Is, how much of a factor is that when you're running an organization like, and you're thinking of trading one of your – more high-profile players. I mean, this is the captain, right? The, the oh, captain of the hockey team. Do you have to be like, hey, we've got to connect with promotions. We've got to connect with, like, the. do they still make programs? I don't know if they make programs anymore. Like, the, the I have little, no idea, like, right? The little, like, handheld schedules and stuff. I'm sure Bo's on there. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. Uh, I feel like that shouldn't hold up anything operationally. No, it I don't shouldn't know. hold up crazy. anything <laughs> operationally, but it's. I think it's a big deal because there's more of this stuff done than there used to be. Anyway. I thought it was interesting. Congratulations to Chris Faber for actually doing some interesting work at a Canucks practice as opposed to like, who's uh, playing with this guy? I mean, that has to be done, but this stuff was was good stuff from Faber, and I think it gave us a lot to uh, discuss right now because we're all wondering right now. Mm-hmm. We're all going like, what What are they going to do? Yeah. What's, what's going to happen? Well, I have no idea. Yeah, I do think that the um, – there's obviously – it's obviously a trying time for everyone in the organization, and I think these are the times where even the most minute, uh, seemingly innocuous m- movements or motions uh, get blown up and blown into a bigger story than they are. The other part of it, too, is that this is an organization that since Rutherford and Alvin have taken over, there hasn't been an awful lot of leaks or people being able to penetrate the information bubble and get things out of them. Now you're starting to see things a little bit more and more. And again, you also have to take into consideration who this information is coming from, where it's being published, the veracity and the detail in which it's being published with. For example, yesterday, Ottawa Sun, Bruce Garriock pointed out in one of his columns that there's a report floating around that the Leafs are kicking the tires on Tyler Myers. Now, to which you have to say, one, why? Two, uh, you know, how seriously are they kicking the tires on him? I would imagine that the Leafs at this point are doing their due diligence across the National Hockey League to try and find blue liners, not unlike what Ottawa would Have you seen the right side of the Leafs' defense? It's currently Jordy Ben, Justin Hall, and Timothy Liljegren. Right. That is not a Stanley Cup contending blue line. Now, yeah. people will push <laughs> back and be like, yeah, you add Tyler Myers to that? Guess what? Still not a Stanley Cup contending yeah. blue line. But if you were able to get Tyler Myers – and the Canucks were to possibly consider retaining salary. I'd be curious to see what the Leafs would be would be um, willing to put into a trade for any defenseman at this point. I mean, if they're if they're targeting Jacob Chikrin, that's that's a little bit of a different story. Obviously, they're going to be willing to give up a little bit more. But people can scoff at um, 
well, Tyler Myers, why would they want? There's no one else out there, no, guys. Like, big, there's big no problem. one. There's no one else out there that's available and affordable. And like the the Canucks, look look at how hard the Canucks have been trying to upgrade their blue line. Ottawa's doing the same thing too. Those are just three teams in Canada. There are a bunch of teams trying to upgrade the blue line. It's very difficult, yeah. and sometimes beggars can't be choosers. Frank's got, Frank Valley, who we had on the show yesterday, has a list up of right now what he would envision as the 10 best available defensemen via trade, and the second half of the list is guys that you look at and say, why would this team even part with them? Guys from Washington and Minnesota, teams that are firmly entrenched and trying to make the playoffs. It's a good point to bring up, though. Um, as the season progresses, the situation that pertains to the Vancouver Canucks right now is one that's league-wide. As you mentioned like a couple shows ago, 19 teams operating in LTIR. So there's a lot of teams that have virtually no cap space to play with. They're going to have to do some serious flexing and maneuverability to get a deal in the door. Not a lot of play- players available for trade. Like, that's not just a Canucks problem. Right now, it's a Leafs problem. It's a Sens problem. Oftentimes, those teams, through desperation and a lack of other trade dance partners, whatever you want to call them, will get together and make a deal. The interesting thing from a Canucks perspective is if you look at it, removing Tyler Myers, hypothetically speaking only, removing Tyler Myers from the active roster probably makes you worse on a night-to-night basis because of the minutes that he plays and whatever. This is this is aside from the defensive deficiencies and the gaffes and all that kind of stuff. It would make you worse on a night-to-night basis, but it would also make go a long way, a long way to clearing up some of these cap problems that they've been trying yeah. to solve for an awfully long time. I hope the Canucks aren't willing to retain on any of the Tyler Myers contract if they are going to trade it. Because In this that, market, he should be seen as an asset, right? Like, that should be an asset that another team has to pay for, not you're paying to get rid well, of. Well, it's more, it's more like I think he can you can fully get rid of that contract at the end of the season because he's only got one year left. If you retain, you have to retain on next year's term as well so if the Canucks are going to trade Tyler Myers I hope they're not like you know okay we'll retain on next season as well unless unless there's a really good piece coming back that's fair right I mean yeah different different versions of different deals can have okay we're going to pay a little bit of money going out but we're also going to get something good in return I think the big picture is one this actually floated to the surface to the point where it got published in the Ottawa Sun two We're starting to realize, and Patrick Johnson wrote about this in the province yesterday. You talked about it yesterday as well. Not just American Thanksgiving as a bar for whether you're in a playoff spot or not, but it's it's the first point of the season where you can start saying, okay, for real now, let's make a direction on where our trajectory is going to be. You know, if you look at the Canucks last year, they waited too long, and I think that's it's fair to say they waited too long to get rid of Travis Green and bring Boost Boudreau in the door, right? I think everyone can agree that it was about two to three weeks too late to the point where the Bruce bump couldn't salvage the season. Right now, the Canucks aren't even really at a pace to match last year's record when American Thanksgiving hit. Mm-hmm. Like, the Canucks right now need to go, I think it's four and four over their next eight games just to get to the level of where the Travis Green team was at last year at American Thanksgiving. They have to play 500 hockey, which you're like, they can do that. They haven't so far. They're, they haven't proven that they're a 500 hockey team. What yet. were the standings like last season? Because I feel like this season they're so depressed in the Western Conference that the Canucks are closer to the playoffs. Like when I look at some of the uh, uh, sites that uh, estimate the Canucks' odds mm-hmm. of making the playoffs, 
they're still like some of them are low at 20%, mm-hmm. but they could be lower, right? In, in my mind, they're lower than 20%. And I think you had one in the notes where it was like 40% or something. Ho- HockeyViz.com like that. had them at 39%. 39%. Has HockeyViz has, has hockey been watching the games? or Maybe they saw last year where it's like this team does eventually win some games. Well, and like they Hockey get their... NoViz, am I right? <laughs> oh, laddie. God, May- maybe there's some. Um, something in the model that goes, well, look at all the goals the Canucks are scoring and their goaltending is bound to bounce back. I'm sure that probably has something to do with it. I mean, yeah. I would say the other part of this is that uh, the inevitability of going on a five, six, seven game win streak and vaulting yourself back into quote unquote playoff contention, that has to be taken into account, especially for a group that's been as streaky as this one has been. But right now, the facts remain. 75%, this is a rough estimate, but 75% of teams over the last decade or so, when they're in a playoff position at American Thanksgiving, they go on to make the playoffs. Those are the numbers. You can argue with them as much as you want. And yeah, that means 25% of the teams are the outliers and they get their way back in. The trying thing, and I think the real soul-searching thing for the Canucks organization is going to be, we can't keep doing this. This is the second year in a row where we've dug ourselves a huge hole, dig up, stupid, where we've mm-hmm. dug ourselves a huge hole and we play our way out of it. That's not a recipe for success. That's not sustainable hockey. That's not a good model. And you have to start looking at the group, the players, and the individuals that got you there. I think that's why in-season trades this time around might be more relevant than a coaching change. The problem is we come back to every time, it's super hard to make big, significant trades in season. It's a lot easier to find a new head coach. Uh, so we'll, we're going to talk to Kevin Woodley in just a few minutes. Uh, so stick around for that because there's a lot of interesting questions to talk about um, in terms of the Vancouver Canucks and what is going on with Thatcher Demko. Who would Kevin Woodley start tonight against the LA Kings, Spencer Martin or Thatcher Demko? But going around the league, there are a ton of interesting goaltending stories as well just in Alberta alone with yeah. Jacob Markstrom and uh, Jack Campbell both the starters in Alberta are kind of struggling um I, I did want to mention this note though because this is an interesting note and a lot of people are talking about this on Twitter and social media whatever social media works these days Mastodon um alcohol will not be sold to fans at the World Cup's eight stadiums in Qatar after FIFA changed its policy two days before the start of the tournament. Now, alcohol can still be sold in the FIFA fan festival, fan destinations, licensed venues, but (laughs) we're talking about Budweiser here. Mm -hmm. Major, major sponsor of the World Cup. Two days before the World Cup is supposed to start, Apparently, FIFA has acquiesced to the Qatari organizers, and they're going, okay, no beer at the stadiums. Yeah, I saw a tweet. Like, go- this is unreal. I saw a tweet going around that said, Qatar is now in the quote-unquote, what are you going to do, move the World Cup phase of things? Yeah. And that's exactly where they're at. Because Qatar has also announced that Qatar has already beaten Ecuador on Sunday. (laughs) You know what? We're not even going to pay the Ecuadorians. We're just going to tell them that we beat them and they can deal with it after that. Um, So there's been a lot of confusion around this because some people have said, well, you can't drink in the stadiums at a lot of international like UEFA and FIFA events. Anyway, that is true. There's oftentimes not alcohol sales actually in like it's very different from a North American 
um, fan experience. There's not alcohol carols every five steps. I never realized how boring this game is. That's everyone from Qatar right now. Uh, But this is taking it a step further because essentially what happened was Budweiser, FIFA, and Qatar kind of found a middle ground about where can we have alcohol-friendly sections in and around the stadiums because, as you know, when fifty to 60,000 people show up, there's things like pre-gaming and tailgating and all these kinds of things where people get well-oiled before a match and then go in. 48 hours before the tournament was set to start, Guitar came in and said, remember all those plans that we had for outside festival-type seating where people can buy alcohol and all that? That's gone now. And I don't know what the knock-on effect is going to be. I imagine, I mean, I'm not dumb. It's just going to be a bunch of people just out there. Well, I'm kind of dumb, but there's going to be a bunch of people just out there doing it and then essentially challenging the authorities to stop them from drinking. And then I have no idea what that's going to look like. I bet it's not going to be good, though. Well, do you know where there's going to be drinking is at the Hollywood Theater. And Mike and I have now taken the lead on promoting England House. On Friday, November 25th, and that's going to be England versus USA at 11 a.m., and I think it's going to be a terrific atmosphere Mm -hmm. at Hollywood Theater. Hopefully, we get a lot of England supporters out. If the American supporters want to come out, fine, but you guys sit in the back. Andy, you can go. You're a dually. Yeah, you're a yank. You're a yank. This is true. I'm Um, I'm very conflicted. The the, the uh, ticket sales on showpass.com uh, start at 10 a.m. this morning. So this is a message to all the England supporters out there. We're going to have all the England music playing. Vindaloo. Mm-hmm. It's coming home. Oh, yeah. Rule Britannia. Rule Britannia will just be playing at the intermission completely. Uh, it is how- now God Save the King, remember. Yeah. Everyone needs to remember that. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know how you, everyone knows that Jason loves a good playlist, right? Mm-hmm. You're a mixtape guy back in the day. Jason and Jay Swing, who's putting on the event, they're working in conjunction for the, the ultimate, JJ's. Yeah, the, the England playlist. Yeah. I know you put together a good one before. Well, this will how, be well, like your some, Valentine's Day playlist, but better. Yeah, it, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's Friday, right? 11 a.m. Take half a day off work. Just or don't, don't even go to work that yeah, day, right? Take the full day. And uh, you lose your stay job. with us. Yeah, Come lose your out. job. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> you have one you, life. Let's go. Yeah, just you got one life to live and <laughs> probably a mortgage, but whatever. Um, you're listening to the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Kevin Woodley is coming up next, and uh, it's a great time to talk goalies. This is the best of Halford and Brough. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. Halford and Brock. Seven thirty-four on a Friday, sweet, sweet Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Brock, Sportsnet six fifty. Alfred and Brown for the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, we are also brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. 
It is the Canucks and Kings tonight, 7 o'clock from Rogers Arena. We're giving away two sets of tickets to go see the game. One for the best Ask Us Anything. One for the best Photoshop. I won't bog down the show with details on how to submit. You guys can figure it out. Most of you have already. We got to preview tonight's game. Joining us now to do that, play-by-play man for the aforementioned Los Angeles Kings. It is Alex Faust here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Morning, morning, boys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you taking the time. So, uh, big picture for the Kings. 11-7-1 to start the year. Good for second place in the Pacific Division. Only behind the red-hot Vegas Golden Knights. It hasn't been perfect, but I got to imagine that Kings fans and the team, the guys that are following the team, uh, have to be pretty pleased and impressed with how the Kings have started this season. Uh, yeah, I, I think the bottom line is when you look at the results, right? The record being what it is. Uh, it, it, the Kings are in great position, uh, especially given the way the division has gone. Right? You know, Calgary has faltered a bit. Edmonton hasn't been as good as expected. And so the Kings have taken full advantage. Uh, they, they've only won one division game, and that was Wednesday against Edmonton. Granted, they've only played four. But, uh, but hey, they've taken care of business uh, so far uh, outside the division. We'll see if uh, they pick up some more points this weekend. Have they started to get better in their own zone? Has the goaltending been better? Because early on I noticed they were playing in quite a few high-scoring games and giving up um, some pretty big goal totals in their losses. Yes. To both, but I'll qualify that and say, you know, we thought that uh, defense and goaltending had turned the corner, and then um, you know Monday in Calgary happened where they lose six to five. Uh, you know, I, I think in that game, strange enough to say, Jonathan Quick was the team's best player, <laughs> and you know it could have been ten goals allowed. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've they've started to find, uh, you know, you, you know how teams figure it out. Like they'll play one good game, and then okay, we'll regress a little bit. I think with this club right now, it's two steps forward, one step back. But you can live with that, uh, you know, given where your record is uh, on the season. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Kings fans, for the most part, are happy. Okay, so the goaltending situation in L.A., and after I'm done talking, correct me if I'm wrong on any of these, it feels like they've been waiting, and Cal Peterson has also been waiting, to ascend to take that full-time number one gig. But Jonathan Quick is the old crotchety veteran, like swatting him away with his goal. He's thinking doing it with his play. So it always works out that Quick kind of gets like two-thirds of the games and Peterson gets one. Now, with all that said, we were talking to Kevin Woodley just a little bit ago from In Goal Magazine, and he did wonder that after Peterson got that win against Edmonton the other night and played pretty well, if this might be an opportunity to let the young guy run with it a little bit more. Is that a fair assessment of the current plight of L.A. goaltending? You know, I, I think the ideal would be to do that, but yeah. I'll go back earlier in the season. There was a game uh, the Kings played in Nashville. Uh, they came back from down 3-1 to win in a shootout, and Cal was he, – he let in one kind of soft one, but the rest of the game, absolutely brilliant, and uh, clearly was playing with confidence, shut things down in the shootout, and the team figured, okay, this is the opportunity. Let, let's get them going here. And they played them the next night in Pittsburgh, and the team lost 6-1. to one. Uh, they, they, it was a wasn't a back to back, but it was two nights later, and so I think they're a little bit leery to to do that right away. I think the ideal for them for now would be uh, get these guys in a in a rotation, just a straight rotation for a little while, and then if there's an opportunity for him to to get a couple of starts in a row, then do it. I, I think they really just want to get him in a rhythm, keep him confident, uh, and go from there. But you're right; it's, this has been a topic of conversation for a couple of years now in LA of. Uh, when is he going to take over the mantle? And Jonathan Quick will not let that happen. 
Has Gabe Velarde's breakout been the number one story of the season? Ten goals in 19 games. Uh, Velarde, the 11th overall pick in 2017, but for various reasons has has taken a while to um, really make an impact in the NHL. Yes, I think that's the story uh, from the start of the year is, you know, the Kings have all of a sudden found, even though they've had him under their nose for a little while yet, uh, a pretty potent goal scorer. And this is after they acquired Kevin Fiala over the offseason. And Fiala's playing on the third line right now for the club. Uh, and, and that's not a bad thing for them. Like, Fiala is the leading point producer on the team, and he's playing on the third line. Uh, so it's, it's a luxury that the Kings have found another goal scorer, uh, and they can have for the first time that in, in recent memory of, I mean, maybe since winning those Stanley Cups, they actually have scoring depth up and down the lineup. Uh, so they, I think the, the proof is in the pudding, right? They can score this year. They've proven that. But to you, you know, what you mentioned earlier, it's defending. And I think they've sorted out the goaltending situation for the most part for now. Uh, you know, we'll see which game Cal gets um, his back-to-back. But uh, I think defending and uh, staying within the team structure, that'll be the next step for this club. And if they can do that, I mean, I would put them up there with any team in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, it's interesting because when you look at teams and you look at what their identity is and what their strength is, it's very obvious that the Kings is we have remarkable depth. You alluded to the scoring. They have nine guys already that have 10 points through 19 games, which is a crazy statistic when you think about it. But it makes sense given how they've built, they've drafted, they've developed. They've got talent up and down the lineup. They've got scoring depth up and down the lineup. Is that really how this season is going to go? I know Fiala is probably the top gun, and you need those guys. He's got 18 points to lead the team. But it seems like they've got – it's almost like a different – like Twitter. Like There's a different main character every day or every week. And they've got that ability <laughs> to have guys that can step up and do the job. Yeah, you know what? It, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, the other night in Edmonton, it was their, uh, the line that, that did most of the work for them last season that have been a little bit quiet to begin the year with uh, Philip Deneau and Victor Arvidsson and Trevor Moore. Uh, Moore picking up his first career hat trick. Uh, but, yeah, you never know which. You know, and, and right now, the, the chatter around the team as well, you know, Ballardi and Kopitar and Kempe up top are in a bit of a mini slump. I mean, what a luxury to have, right? Um, so, but you know, I think from the, from the offensive standpoint, there's no real worry. Um, you know, I think it's just about, will the, you know, will the lessons learned about, uh, you know, maintaining structure and and good decision-making, uh, will those continue to carry over? Because frankly, it doesn't matter who the Kings play, you know, especially with the Canucks tonight and, you know, those, those struggles, uh, you know, we're, we're well aware of them in LA as well, but you know, this game could wind up 7-6, like just based on the yep. way that our season has gone in Los Angeles. And uh, you never know when it's going to strike. It's just, uh, you know, they've got to be committed for all 60 minutes to, uh, to making the correct decision. Uh, Alex, one final question for you. I'm curious, where is Quinton Byfield right now in, in his career? I mean, I know he's only 20 years old, but he was the second overall pick in 2020, and he's yet to – I don't know where where is he right now because he's yet to certainly yet to establish himself as as an NHLer. Well, you know, I think that's a question. Uh, you know, it, it, coming into this year, the expectations were heightened for him for sure. Um, but it, it seems like it, there's always something that pops up. Last year, he broke his ankle in the preseason. Well, that cost him half the year. He couldn't get ramped up and play a regular year. 
this year we felt like, okay, you're going to have a normal training camp. You're going to go into the air. And then he had uh, an illness of some kind. I don't know if it was like uh, you know, COVID or the flu or mono or whatever, but it was an extended absence. And he played a, you know, a few games, wasn't feeling right. And uh, he's been in the AHL since. And, uh, you know, the, the good news for, from a Kings standpoint is uh, they've had somebody to, to step up and fill the void. Uh, Rasmus Kupari, another, uh, you know, highly rated prospect uh, that's come up through the organization. And he's been the third line center. But I, you're right. Um, you know, Byfield has to be, um, you know, in the top nine over the long haul for this team to have considered, uh, you know, their draft hall of success. When you pick number two overall, like, you can't whiff on that. Um, so, you know, like you said, he's only 20. I, I think that that's what we have to keep reminding ourselves to. Um, you know, Gabe Bellardi, right, he's 23. And, you know, there was a lot of promise. Like, he apparently, when he was taken in 2017, he fell out of the top 10 because of a back problem. He was expected to be a top six, top seven pick. And only now is he emerging into, an, you know, an everyday goal scorer and a power forward. So, you know, it's, it's hard to be patient in this league, but I think we're going to have to exercise a little bit of patience on our end. It is the Canucks. It is the Kings. The only game in the NHL tonight, and it goes yeah, How seven. weird is that? I know. 13 last night, just one tonight. Classic NHL scheduling. Way to go, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, Alex, have a good call tonight. Enjoy the only game on the ledger, and we'll do this again later on in the season. All eyes would be on us. The pressure's on. (laughs) Be sure to step up. Thanks, Alex. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. Uh, Alex Faust, play-by-play man for the Los Angeles Kings, here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Okay. Can I set the premise here for what's about to happen? set the premise because I'm not good at setting premises. Jason Bruff, co-host of the Halford and Bruff Show. There's a bit of a a cultural-slash-age divide between Jason. A bit? Who's 67 years old, and the dogs who are both in their 30s. That's the dogs are a dog, Andy Cole, and Laddie, Greg Ballack. So Jason will often reference a lot of movies uh, and television shows from the 80s that he grew up watching. Right? They're they're embedded. So like things like Not necessarily grew up watching. That's kind of where I take. I, I, I want to mention it's not that I grew up watching. It's that just that I learned. Yes. Like, I've watched some of these things, some of these movies in my 20s and 30s, and I just watched them because they're staples of comedy, movie comedies. Sure. Or so he says. I'd give examples, but I don't want to spoil the game. The game is that Jason has taken a bunch of the characters from some of his favorite movies and television shows that he likes to reference often on the air. Mm -hmm. The reason that we're doing this exercise is because Jason will often reference them and then want the dogs to pick up the second half of the gag, which is find a clip from the movie, find a famous quote from the TV show, to which the dogs respond by saying, Rrr? It just glosses yeah. over. They just our, don't understand. Yeah. They don't know. The most recent one was Animal House, which, to be fair, was released in 1978 before A-Dog and Laddie were born. But but is uh, like if you look at top ten kind of raunchy comedies or guy comedies or whatever you want, whatever stupid list is on, on the internet, like animal house is always there for a lot of people. Animal house is a seminal comedy. It was the quintessential like raunchy comedy of the late seventies, early eighties. Everyone referenced John it. Belushi. John Belushi was in it. Right. Everyone like Jason often. A very young. You guys know who John, John Belushi. Belushi is? A very yeah. young one yes. was in animal house. He yeah. was a uh, mm-hmm. Jim Belushi's brother. Yes. So, <laughs> Okay, so I've come oh, up with some, so I've come up with some character names here, and I'm a little worried about it, um, because I I did a test run 
with my girlfriend last night How'd that and go? she's she's a little younger than me um she's she's like mid 80s birthday she she went 0 for 10 0 for 10 she went 0 for 10 but it was an inexcusable 0 for 10 and it was kind of I was like come on like what's going like why are you with me right so now? just like, so we're I'm, not what, what am I 100 years old here <laughs> Please get one. Please yeah. get one. Just so we're not dollywalling this thing and just mm. throwing out random names and, and nicknames. Uh, you're going to give the fictional character's name from yes. the show. From the show okay. or the movie. And you know what? I might give some clues here. Okay? Which now, way? the first one is an absolute layup. Gilligan. If we, if we If you guys don't get this one, then we might just have to cancel this whole thing and move on to something else. Axel Foley. What movie was Axel Foley in? It's not a great start because they're both looking at each other. Axel Foley. That's going to get Oh, my God. Really, guys? It's on the tip of my tongue. Eddie Murphy. In... In <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, there Beverly you go. Hills. Sorry, it took a there second. There you took go. A took a second. I got we're it. We're I was one... say Guns N' oh Roses. Oh, my God. So that that was the easiest one. We're that one... was the easiest one. We're one for one. We're screwed. All, <laughs> albeit, Jason really had to butcher that I'm Harold gonna... Faltmeyer song to do it, but that's fine. Okay, okay number going. two. Halford, you knew that one, right? Okay. I, I don't know if you're going to get all these, frankly. I'll I be can, honest with I you. I could okay. get all these. Okay. Have you seen them? Did you look at them? I don't know what the list is. The second one is Ed... Rooney. Ed Rooney. Here's, okay, we'll do some clues. He had a job in education. I know this one. He had a job in education. Ed Rooney. He had a student in his school where he was the principal that he did not particularly care for. Breakfast club. No. (laughs) Oh, Uh, Ferris uh, Bueller? Ferris Bueller. Yeah, there you go. Principal Rooney. Right, that one. Day off. Okay, don't act like you, though, so easy. I had to give you like 900 clues yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. Danny Noonan. Danny Noonan. He was an athlete. He was a golfer. He was a golfer. A golfer. It Caddyshack? was a golf movie. Yes. Caddyshack? Caddyshack. You got it. Nice Danny enough. Noonan. Okay. Uh, now, this one, you should be able to guess. Even... Just based on conversations in the past, you should be able to guess. Dean Wormer. Dean Oh, Wormer. Revenge of the Nerds. No. Oh. Well, I Dean, think of Dean like he's the he's the dean of of a of a college where they've got a problematic fraternity. It's a problematic fraternity. Some would say they live in a house and animals, animals live in the house. Animals house. <laughs> Ding, 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 hey, ding, you ding. say Dean. Come on, Revenge of the Nerds is a pretty good guess because there, there's a Dean there. It's not and, a horrible guess. You know, like it's not a horrible correlation, guess. right? Yes. Okay, I think this is the hardest one. Okay. This is the hardest one. Lamar Luttrell. I know this one. Lamar Luttrell. He uh, he did the javelin. It was a very unusual javelin. He was a student at a university. Where there were some fraternities. I was going to say Laddie is absolutely no help right now. It's all me pretty much, except for the first few. I'm just sitting here This laughing. one's Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, okay, sweet. He's a tri-lamb. So that kind of counts because I already said it. Oh, that's okay, the worst this one, mentioned this is, this is for Laddie. This is for Laddie. This guy, I'm going to give you a clue right off the bat. And I don't care if the listeners don't like this. I don't even care. Yeah, we don't care. 
Uh, he's a former NHL goalie for the Boston Bruins, Eddie Lebeck. Oh, it's from Slapshot. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> You're killing him. Oh, my him. God. You're literally murdering young him. Bloods? Young blood. One, it's singular. There's only one young it's blood. A TV show. It's a TV show. Oh, we're a doing TV. Ver- okay, sorry. Well, well, not sorry, because I said there was movies and TVs, but this is a TV show. Eddie LeBeck, his wife's name was Carla. His wife's name was Carla, and Carla was a waitress at a bar. Cheers. There, there you, you go. go. All right. Okay. I feel like the the purpose of this exercise is slowly being dwindled away because he's spoon feeding you guys the the answers. Well, when you when someone doesn't know the answer and you just keep feeding them more hints, yeah, then eventually mm-hmm. you're just kind of like beating your you head know what the you wall guys you guys aren't gonna get these last three. I'm just gonna uh-huh. go really quickly. Do you want me through. to try? Yeah, you try. Yeah, I'll try. Okay, uh-huh. Tackleberry, Tackleberry. This uh, is a tough one. Actually. Police Academy. There you go. Billy Ray Valentine. Billy Ray Valentine. I'm gonna need a hint. Uh. He Dan Aykroyd was in this movie. The Great uh, Outdoors? No. No. This is the, the there's already been a character on this list played by the actor. You're going to tell me this one. I, it's, it's Trading Places. Oh, Trading right. Places with Eddie Murphy. Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, okay. And the final one is I don't even maybe you're going to get this one. Ted Stryker. Ted Stryker. Ted Stryker. Ted Stryker, he was a pilot. Iron Eagle. Okay. Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun. Airplane. Airplane. Yeah. Thank you. It was either Iron Eagle or Airplane at that point. I <laughs> Two knew similar that. movies. They both were parodies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we were close. Uh, that A texter ex- in the inbox mentioned that we should go back at you guys and give you superhero names and see if you can guess what movie it's from. Oh, right. The Marvel or DC worlds? Yeah. I'd be terrible at that. Tim, Tim in Vancouver, Bruff sounds like Alex Trebek when they have a category about Canada. I was thinking this was like Alex Trebek during Celebrity yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah. Peter Schmeichel. Right <laughs> Just write any letter. I'll take uh, Ape Tit for 200 <laughs> That's not what your mother said last night. Terry Ferguson. It's a funny name. <laughs> I got a big hat. Look at it. I got a big hat. Um, oh, I, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. There's... I don't know what to say. I wasn't alive. I I I watched some movies. I'm not a huge movie buff. Winston Churchill. I... Who is Winston Churchill? <laughs> animal House. <A> real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was he definitely nailed it. An animal House. He was he was the head of the, the evil fraternity. <laughs> uh, okay, we got to we got to regroup and we got to go to break. Moj is going to join us. I'd on... actually like to know uh what the what the average listener thought they scored on that. We got a couple of 0 for 10s texting in. Someone uh, texted in, I'm born in 1985 and went 0 for 10. Uh, Don't feel bad, dogs. I was born in 1978 and these movies are garbage. Airplane was garbage? A <laughs> no, seminal, Airplane I've seen a and I love. Semi- Trading Places was garbage? I noticed you didn't have any Mel Brooks movies. Like, no Spaceballs? Like, come on, man. Yeah, that's, There's that's a lot of great 80s movies. Selective picking because yes. you knew we didn't I think, have I think Bruff knowledge. really likes the raunchy comedies and he's yeah. zeroed in on that. <laughs> See, I've seen lots of 80s movies and lots of 80s comedies. 80s movies were all, if they were a comedy, they were raunchy. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, that's, like that's, I, that, that seems like, to be your wheelhouse and unfortunately, I, just, I haven't seen a lot of raunchy. 80s yeah. comedies. Big fan of the Porky's franchise. Exactly. Like I haven't <laughs> seen. Have you any... seen Porky's? No. Yeah. Oh, for God. None sake. of those. <laughs> All right, that's fine. You know, it just wasn't you know, my. That's sorry. fine. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we're gonna be looking night. for some new producers. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is my mic on? Yeah. 
It's Alfred and Brough show on Sportsnet 650. Moj's coming up. Maybe we can do continue this game with with Moj. I wonder if Moj has been listening. Sometimes Moj is listening before his hit, mm-hmm. just so he can make fun of us for something. So we'll talk to Moj about the Grey Cup, but also Nathan Rourke's future. We can maybe talk a little NFL or just life in general mm-hmm. with Moj. What his favorite Porky's movie is, maybe? Uh, it was Porky's Revenge. That there's, was the second one. There's seven of them, right? No, Police Academy had a oh, lot yeah. of them. <laughs> that's where Wayne Gretzky's uh, Wayne Gretzky's wife Janet Jones. So that's how where... are those Police Academy movies I took you to? No, he's laughing and then <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go to break. We'll be back on the other side. Alfred Bruff, Sportsnet six fifty. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.